0: And the sidelines. He has not stepped out. He may go all the way. He needs one block and he'll do it easily. Promise Mess I wouldn't do this. McDavid stops up. What a move. Shoots. Scores.
1: Hey, welcome to The Outsiders, powered by the Macintosh Group at REMAX River City. This is Podcast 79 on Monday, October the 18th. I'm Bryn Griffiths. He is Robin Brownlee. Todd Humphrey joins us. He's the Senior VP of Digital Fan Experience with the Seattle Kraken. Todd, how you doing?
0: I'm good, guys. Pleasure to be here with you this
1: morning. Okay, explain exactly where you are. We can see it, others cannot, but it's exciting already.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting in our uh, the backdrop is our uh, one of our practice rinks at the new Kraken Community Iceplex. It's our new training center. Um, We opened it about six weeks ago here. So we had training camp here, practices. Uh, Fans have been able to get in and and watch the team go through camp and really get a feel for for what NHL hockey is. So uh, we've got you know, it's amazing. We've got three sheets of ice we got 200 employees based here we got a bar restaurant that's about to open seating 250 uh, virginia mason health clinic and of course a starbucks uh, and starbucks is our partner in this building so we're uh, we're rocking and rolling and it's been great
2: now now todd when you've got digital and fan experience in your job description this means it's been a busy time for you the lead up. What's that been like? But now you pull the wrapper off everything uh, with your first home game at the new rink on Saturday. But you've also got a warm up event or two uh, coming up. This must be what you've spent the whole last
0: year preparing for. Well, it's funny. I wish it was only the last year. I looked last week. My first meeting on this whole project was almost five years ago. Um, (laughs) And I've been with the team almost three. It's been, it's been a journey and we do, it feels a little bit like Christmas Eve. Um, This week entails three really monumental uh, events for us. We're going to, we're doing a private show with the Foo Fighters tomorrow night on Tuesday. Uh, Friday night is our first open to the public live on sale concert with Coldplay that's going to be broadcast on Amazon prime. Uh, We expect somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 million people watching it around the world. Um, And then Saturday we get to drop the puck for the first time and I get chills just thinking about it. Uh, The Kraken and the Canucks 7pm puck drop and it's we're just excited. It's, it's been a run up, but it's uh, we're going to unveil this building. And it, uh, it's almost hard to put into words. I was there again, obviously last night. And it's, it's just really, it's unlike any other arena, um, any other stadium or venue. So we're, we're super proud of it and excited to show it off to the world.
1: I love how you just threw that number out there, the Amazon prime number. Like, so once again, how many people, what's the potential audience there?
0: Yeah, Amazon's our partner, not just their name on top of the building, they've been a great partner all the way through. And so they're part of these first two, the Coldplay and the Foo Fighter concert. So it'll be live at um, at 630, I believe it is on, on Friday night, Pacific Time, Amazon Prime, the expectation is half a billion people, 500 million, we expect to watch it no big deal. You know, and it's amazing because there's so many pieces that come into play to make something like this happen. And it's the arena, it's the staff, it's the staffing it's, you know, the digital piece. Sure. But it's, you know, everything's going to work. Um, and you know, it may not be perfect. We are probably the only ones that won't realize what's not perfect because this building is really special and it's, um, we're really proud of just how it feels. There's so many different elements to it, and it's um, it's going to speak really loudly to the, to the public.
1: Before we start talking about what's going to happen with the team coming up on Hockey Night in Canada this coming weekend, I, I want to talk about the fact you've played some preseason games, and you, you played in Calgary, and you played in Edmonton, and there was a reporter, and I've gone blank on his name, from King5, and it was fun following his Twitter account because yeah. he was going into these new cities... Let alone new arenas, seeing new teams, watching a new team. It was just kind of fun to watch that whole experience through his eyes. And now yeah. we're getting this much closer to your very first home game. And I just I I'm excited for you guys. I think this is gonna be great.
0: I I appreciate it. That's Chris Daniels from King five. He's a good friend. He's a, just a dogged reporter. Um, and he did, he drove, you know, from Spokane, they drove up to Calgary and Edmonton and he flew to Vancouver and it's, it's been great. And we got to, we got to play the three games on the road up in Canada. We played our three home games, also on the road, because Climate Pledge, um, you know, is just now opening. So we played a game in Kent, uh, where the Seattle Thunderbirds play up in Everett, where the Silver Tips play, and over in Spokane, where the, the Chiefs play. And it was so fun. We called it the three-rink rush around the state of Washington. And it was, um, it w- they were all sold out. The buildings were rocking. And we got to bring NHL hockey to these WA. WH- and it was a it was a special time for the fans and for our players. They got to go back home a little bit, if you will. So it's been a fun preseason, but we are ready to roll. Now, Todd, there's a huge spectrum of,
2: of game night experience in the National Hockey League. Um, people in Edmonton talk about, oh, if you've been to Vegas, Vegas is great. You know, Vegas does everything. It's off, it's off the charts. Yeah, it's off the charts. Um, what can you tell us? about what people can expect at Climate Pledge Arena. Now, I don't know if you can send us a video of what's going to happen for the home opener ahead of time, but uh, failing that, can you at least give us some idea without letting too much out of the bag what hockey night in Seattle is going to be like?
0: it's a, it's a great question and it's um, I was in Vegas I've been to a number of games there I was there last week for the opener and they do it listen they do a great job um, they they really have figured out what works for their fan base and for the fans that are coming to see it into Vegas for the um, for the games And you know, the good news for us, Johnny Greco is our head of uh, of game experience here. He also was in Vegas for the first three years. So he was the one that set them down this path. Um, I think what I would say is you're not going to, it's not going to feel as Vegas as Vegas does. Um, We're going to be loud. It's going to be colorful. We've got more led in this building than you can imagine. Um, we've also got two scoreboards. You think about Rogers up in 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 Edmonton and every other rink. You've got this one center hung scoreboard. We've got two scoreboards that are basically over each end zone. They're three sided. Every fan is closer to a scoreboard. We've got LED ribbon boards all through the building. When you guys come, you'll see the storytelling. So when you walk into the building, you might see you might be going through you know a forest as you make your way down. You may be going underwater. You're going to have all sorts of different stories storytelling. And then, you know, part of it is, as Johnny likes to say, we're going to figure it out as we go a little bit. We'll have about 80% baked for night number one, but we're going to watch, you know, does the, does the Nirvana song catch on or does the Macklemore song or is it a punk rocks? And so we're going to watch the vibe of the crowd a little bit. And I think what we, what we know about Seattle fans is they're loud as can be. Um, the building is designed for sound. So it's designed for sports sound and it's designed for music. So it doesn't reverberate. And so the sound gets held. So we think it's going to be, well, we know it's going to be loud. And the, the building is steep, uh, it's intimate. So you're going to, you're going to feel a lot of Seattle through the, the production. Um, but the focus on those nights is hockey and we've got a fan base that is rabid. Um, we've got a fan base that we will educate, uh, to some degree as well, because they haven't had an NHL team here in oh you know like near 100 years um and so we're you know we're excited to just unveil the colors the sound and the crack in themselves let's talk before we start talking about the game let's talk about the facility this is an
1: older facility that you guys just completely redid and everything that we've talked about just uh, you know casually not so much on, on podcasts and stuff like that. I'm fascinated by everything that you guys have done to the building because I've been in the building before. I think I even saw, a, a, I would have probably seen a, a basketball game in there. But I'm amazed at the work you guys have done. Just describe that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was on an original committee with uh, the former mayor of Seattle five years ago to talk about the redevelopment of Key Arena. And I will say this, it's so much more than that. It's not a redevelopment. Like, it is a brand new building under an existing roof. Right. So the roof is from the 1962 World's Fair. Um, We had to keep it. We couldn't touch it. Um, We cleaned it a little bit. But we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we supported this 44 million pound roof um, over the course of two years while we demolished an arena underneath it and then built a new one. Um, so literally the only thing left standing was the roof. Uh, we had buttresses 70 plus feet down into the ground to support it. Um, our head of engineering and construction would tell you it was the safest place to be if there was an earthquake in Seattle because this thing was not moving. Um And if it would move up to even an eighth of an inch, the the roof itself, we would notice it. Um, So we built this new building. We went down another 15 feet. So we're actually 53 feet now below ground, which makes it a really interesting experience because unlike most arenas where you walk in and you go up, up, up here, you walk in and 85% of the people go down. So it really does have this intimate feel to it. We took it from about 400,000 square feet to almost 900,000 that is going down and out underground. So we've really expanded the footprint to where, you know, the, the premium spaces, the clubs, everything is just done in a way that is extraordinary. Um, We spent an extra, probably $70 million than anticipated only on those premium spaces. So really try to make it feel, it feels very Seattle. You've got, you know, exposed brick, you've got wood, you've got metals. Um, It does not feel like an arena, We have got one of my favorite pieces that just went in last week is a living wall. So you've got one end of the entire concourse, which is live plants and and, and other things. So it's, it's just got a feel to it that is very much Northwest. It's very Seattle. And man, we're just so proud of it.
2: You know what? It's so funny. You just grabbed me
0: when you talk about that
2: roof and I know people don't get excited about roofs like that. When you said 62 world's fair, I was at the '62 World's Fair wow. um, as a four-year-old. Now, <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I told I, I to <laughs> once. my my souvenir from the '62 World's Fair. Driving from Vancouver to Seattle as a little kid in the back seat in the station wagon was the helium balloon that said world's fair. I got out of the car when we pulled into the driveway and it slipped out of my hand, went up into the sky. I cried for half the day. That was my memory of the world's (laughs) fair.
0: We'll we'll try to bring you more favorable memories. (laughs) You
2: know, it's amazing though. Um, And we had you on before Todd, the thought, is it because you have to keep that roof? I mean, when you talked about something that was there in 1962, I think it's really cool. But was it a matter of it's a heritage thing now?
0: Or or how did it work? Yeah, it is. It is a, it's actually a national historical landmark. Oh. Um, and it is one of two roofs, the other one being Madison square garden that are, are in fact landmarks. So that's why, and we, um, you know, all the way through to the glass in the building, we had to take the glass out, store it for two years and put it back into certain areas of the building. Cause it also is historic. So huh. there was, you know, that's why originally the project people thought it couldn't be done, but Tim Lywicki and and his group, figured out a way the final tag on it somewhere about at 1.1 billion dollars um and it's listen it's going to bring so much to seattle both in terms of sports and music and and vibrancy and and the econ- economics around it are, are fantastic but we're just i think seattle is going to fall in love with this building um it's it's going to be a special place with special moments starting tomorrow
1: you're a toronto guy so i'm going to throw this at you is there a surprise are you guys going to reveal the fact that? The roof pulls away and you can see the space needle up like uh, like in Toronto where we, you know, if we went to a Jays game, that kind of thing.
0: Nothing special like that. Well, it's not 1989 anymore, Brent. I, mean, I know. <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> we're uh, we've got some cool elements in the building, both from our our atrium at the south end, which has a glass ceiling. You can see the needle from our space uh, Space Needle lounge. You can see the needle. Um, we're actually the only arena in the in the country that is in a park. So we're on the 74 acre campus, Seattle Center. So most of our people are going to walk by the Space Needle to come into this new venue. So. This, the needle is actually a huge part of what we are. David Wright um, and his family, who actually own the Space Needle, are part, part owners in our team. So we've got a deep connection with them. And we're we're trying to, you know, there's an ode to a lot of Seattle, the needle being one of it in the building. And, and they're going to feel it all the way through. I mean, you can see the patch on our shoulders has got, you know, the anchor has the needle built into it, too. So it is, uh, it's, you know, maybe we'll find that balloon floating around somewhere. <laughs>
1: The uh, the other thing is we start to focus in on the game itself coming up on Saturday. It couldn't be more appropriate to have Vancouver in town.
0: Most intentional. Um, yes, I stood beside the uh, the Vancouver owner a couple of years ago as we um, you know were granted the franchise in the arena, and um, you know he said to me he said this is going to be an epic epic battle. Um, it's going to be a great rivalry you know the we've got a lot of vancouver fans that'll travel we we I, I discovered in vegas we travel really well already so i think it's great i love that they're coming down here it's going to be a rivalry that will build um and i'm i'm excited for it and you're right it's appropriate um to have them as our first uh, first opponent and it's going to be it's going to be a whole lot of fun
2: now are we going to see some uh, trolling on social media between uh the two clubs to build up something. I I seem to
0: recall a little bit of that already there's Well, it's been what's been fun I think social media just adds a different element to it all right you know you've got podcasts and you've got Twitter and you've got Instagram and you know Nashville you probably saw the banner they put out you know last week where they they gave us gave us our first win so I you know Savannah who runs our our socials, fantastic and just humorous and I think the social teams have found themselves a pretty good uh, pretty good gig and there there's going to be some trolling I hope Um, and if not we might have to start some, so we're we're excited about it. They're they're a great franchise. They're one of you know the the epic Canadian franchises, and we're lucky to be so close to them.
1: I know how much you uh, you've looked forward to this big week ahead, but are you surprised? Has it been way further off the? I know it's not the Richter scale anymore, but off the the scale in terms of media attention, it just seems like yeah. Just what you mentioned, Spokane playing a preseason game there. They were talking about you guys coming in three days before that game. So I can only
0: imagine what it's like in Seattle. It, it is. And, you know, Seattle is such a, it's such a fan centric sports centric city um, and it's felt a long way off for a long time. The buildup, you know, to the, the arena, number one, the team, the expansion draft, this opening week, this grand opening. So there's, there's certainly a lot of attention are, I think we've done a great job with our brand. You know, I've read recently that we're four times what Vegas was at this point in terms of merchandise sales. I I will say, and I love our other teams here. I'm seeing more crack and stuff around the city that I am Seahawks or Mariners or others. So there's a lot of lead up to it. I think, you know, it's new is good. Um, We're also in a time where people have been locked in their homes for a year plus. And I think everybody's ready for something new and something exciting. And we're, we're hoping to be a little part of that, that lifeblood that that brings life back to, to folks and excitement. And we're uh, we're, we got a lot of media credentials that are going out for this weekend. That's for sure.
2: Now, Todd, your business now is off the ice and the whole experience that we've been talking about, but you're a, you're an old hockey player. Um, let's talk a little bit about the team. You know, Vegas made a lot of waves when they came in because they had success. Um, you know, Ron Francis... Uh, you know, what? Do you, I look down your list. I see a lot of Edmonton connections. I see a real good guy from down the highway here and uh, Mark Giordano and Jordan Eberle and Adam Larson from the Oilers. Uh, even Riley Sheehan spent a little time here. When you look at this squad, um, the best game night experience in any town at the bottom line is win hockey games. Yeah. And how
0: do you think you'll do with that this year? You know, I think Ron is, you know, a Hockey Hall of Famer. He's a better human being. And I think the the staff that he put together was really intentional, um, all the way from his scouts to his analytics department. And then you look at our head coach um, and his assistants and, and Coach Hack and, and, and Jay and Paul, like just top drawer people, great coaches. And I think you see the same in the players that we drafted. High quality um, people, great, you know, good players. And I think what you see with a lot of them is, is is a higher ceiling Um, and you saw it in vegas they had some people step up that went from you know 12 goals to 30 or 15 to 40 and i think we're going to see some of that um you know we're great in goal you know gruby is is solid back there we're really solid on defense we've still got yanni gord who hasn't played a game for us yet he's he's on the verge of coming back so We're feeling good about it. I think you see in the first three games, you know, a win, a loss, an overtime loss, Um, you know, getting three points out of six on the road. That's a pretty damn good start, especially the boys are playing five and eight on the road. They play tonight in Philly. They play tomorrow in Jersey. So I think you've seen a lot of, a lot of competitiveness. Um, You see a lot of grit. Um, I think we're going to be okay. Our division not lost on anybody, you know, not the strongest in the league, some really good teams and on the rise teams, but I think the way the NHL has set the expansion draft, we got quality people, we got quality, we're going to get quality production. And some of it is, you know, how does the luck follow you, right? You know, it's injuries with us and other teams and who steps up. So I think we're, you know, all the way through at the end of the year, I think people are going to be like, holy smokes, what a competitive expansion team. What that leads to come April, May, June, who knows?
1: You also have a coach that's got a reputation for being a cool customer and letting things just kind of wash over them a little bit. And that's probably what you're going to need to kind of get things going here.
0: He's, he's terrific. And, you know, got some great experience, you know, obviously coming out of North Dakota, one of the most respected college coaches three years in Philly got his feet, you know, feet more than wet in the NHL, and then got to spend time under, you know, both Mike Babcock and Sheldon Keith and, you know, just continued to learn. And it's hard to go as being a, you know, 17 year head coach and step back to be an assistant for a couple of years. But, uh, you know, Ron, he talked to some really high quality people with that head coaching job. And we're um, we're excited about coach. He's he is cool. He's very personable. He's very much appreciative of this opportunity. And he's going to build a hell of a team. Well, we're almost here. You know what? I'm, I get a little
2: bit pumped about it. And I got nothing to do with all the work you've done leading up to this. Seattle's a terrific town. It was close to where I grew up. Uh, There's hockey history there. And you guys, you know, a little bit of the old and a lot of the new, you're operating in a hockey town with real fans. Um,
0: These are great times to be a hockey fan in Seattle, man. It it is. We're we're excited for our fans. So many of them don't even know how great it's going to be, how exciting it's going to be. We're we're thrilled about it. We're excited to uh, you know get you guys down here to a game um, and get you know other people. To, they're going to come to Seattle to see the city, see the crack, and see the arena. It's uh, it's going to be a special time.
1: Okay, you touched on it. Let's get to this. You've got Vancouver. You've got Calgary. You've got Edmonton. Those are easy road trips for fans of these particular cities to go to Seattle and watch games. The question is. You got Seattle that want to watch these games. How are people going to get in from up here, or are you just uh, everybody will take their chance?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there are there's tickets for sale. The first couple of games here, it's a, a little uh, egregious what people are asking for their seats. But, you know, people we've we've got fans coming in from Vancouver this weekend. Um, I do think other teams are going to travel really well here like they did into Vegas. Yeah. It's a different experience here than Vegas, but it's going to be a worthy trip. And we're, we're excited to host all you Canucks down here. I'm, uh, we've, got, we've got some great beer down here, too and coffee i'm holding one right now yeah it'd be pretty spectacular <laughs> hey listen we we appreciate your time todd
1: congratulations on getting this far now the fun really starts for you and yep. i can just tell by your enthusiasm which has always been high by the way for as long as i've known you you've always been an enthusiastic guy really enjoy this week okay
0: thanks guys i appreciate having me on it's uh, it's gonna be a special one and uh, look forward to seeing you down here sooner than later <laughs>
1: I don't know about you, but waking up this morning, it it is a little on the brisk side. It's obviously the month of October. And you know what? I was chatting with Brent McIntosh from the McIntosh Group at REMAX River City. And we are talking about the real estate year that was, even though we still have a few more months to go. But it's been a pretty good year. And Brent is actually selling a property for a very good friend of mine. And we're finding that things are kind of hopping. And we love that. So, obviously, there's still time to trade your current home for a larger one. Maybe your household is feeling a little small with your current family roster. Well, the team over at the McIntosh Group at Remax River City, they can help you with the sale of your place and the purchase of your next superstar. Yeah, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is check them out online at McIntoshGroup.ca. You can also give them a call at 780-464-0075. Hey, you can start the process with a complimentary evaluation of your current home. No obligation and no deadline for this offer, so don't let the market pass you by. Both buyers and sellers can give the Macintosh Group a ring. As I mentioned, here's the number 780-464-0075. That's the Macintosh Group at Remax River City. Or you can also find them at Macintosh and tell them the outsider sent you. So there we go, Todd Humphrey, the senior VP of Digital Fan Experience for the Seattle Kraken, joining us on this edition of The Outsiders. Hey, Robin. Before we go too much further, there's a few things we got to get. Oh, hang on, some breaking news. Yes, the Edmonton Elks are awful. Where do we start with this one, Robin? I just the whole Elks thing has just—it's absolutely incredible what is it's it's really kind of turned into a little bit of a circus at commonwealth stadium so i just don't even know where to start with this where where do you want to go where do you want to go with it my
2: friend i've got to tell you this is not breaking news this team has been uh I don't know, going sideways for a while now. I know on the field they started off okay, two and two. Now they've lost five in a row. But you tell me from the outside, looking at what's happening there. Trevor Harris traded to Montreal, the record. Um, all the we've touched on a lot of things with this club, Bryn. Uh, I think it's a mess, and no amount of explaining it away. Um, you know by brock sunderland makes the trading of your franchise quarterback within a couple weeks of him being the guy yeah
1: i'm not buying whatever is being said about that it's a one-for-one trade for a guy who's got a reputation for being a good solid player but not being a superstar and this town has seen its share of quarterbacks be dealt away for guys like that. Oh, I, just, yeah. I just don't see how this is going to work. There's got to be some changes made because, well, they said, how many fans did they say they had in attendance for that last game? Like 23,000. I went, I don't think so. But <laughs> uh, the overhead shots, TSN did a remarkable job of not showing the crowd, I thought, watching yes. the game from home like most people did. So I just don't know where they're going to dig in on this by the time we get to the month of December.
2: Well, I think what they announced was 24 and change, Bryn, but be that as it may, uh, my best guess, and I've been in the building a few times over the years, you know, you can, there's sort of ways you can fudge it and try and count a little bit by row and by section, there was half that there was twelve twelve thirteen thousand people there there wasn't twenty four thousand people there they might have twenty four thousand tickets out but they did not have more than thirteen thousand people there and it's embarrassing to say you did
1: so here's the question which football team will have a bigger crowd at Commonwealth Stadium in the month of November will it be the elks or will it be the Canadian men's national soccer team with Alfonso Davies coming in for a couple of matchups.
2: That's not even close. Is it? I mean, uh, I wouldn't think so. No, this is, you know, one's a going concern, um, you know, which is the soccer team because uh, people are jacked about it. It doesn't come around uh, very often right? uh, where Canada's got it, got a shot. Uh, And one is uh, not a going concern, but a, get out of town concern i mean uh the elk are are terrible uh they seem to be going sideways we've touched on some things we'll leave those alone for now yeah at least i will but um it's a mess and now you're gonna go with a kid like well he's not a kid he's not not a 20 year old but this taylor cornelius funny thing bren i like him. him and i I see a player there. Yeah, I'm with you. But, man, to have him cutting his teeth while he's running for his life against a t- with a team that's really not very good – uh, that's not. That doesn't mean he can't overcome it, but if he has success down the road, it's going to be in spite of the way things have been done, not because of the way things have been done.
1: Just talking about the other Edmonton team, the Edmonton Oilers off to a, a pretty good start. Two wins in their first two games going into their third matchup against Anaheim on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, the first two games to me are your typical early season games where there's times where the team looks good, and then there's other teams where you go, man, they can't get it out of their own end. That's uh, that's your typical uh, kickoff to the start of a season as far as I'm concerned. The key is, can you find a way to win those games? And I think we've also seen the style that the Edmonton Oilers are going to play, and I think we've got a really good look at the way the Calgary Flames are going to play, and that is they're going to make life miserable for some teams. I just don't know if they're fast enough, but I guess we'll have to wait and see.
2: Well, I tell you what, this just in, speaking of uh, breaking news. Hang on. Okay, sorry. All right, carry on. Connor McDavid's really good. What? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, hey, funny (laughs) people were talking about this in town during the week. An elite player like him The Art Ross guy, the Hart Trophy guy, practicing the one-timers to improve his game. Much like years ago, Sid, with I got to get better at face-offs. I know. So who scores on a one-timer? Connor McDavid. That uh, That was fun to see. You know what? Two games is only two games. We don't need to get carried away for the good or the bad. But I tell you what. Uh, two and zero is better than zero and two. While you're trying to
1: figure things out, Oilers win both those games at the conclusion of the game. This is played. A little abamba brought a smile to my face when I heard it. Oh, absolutely! What, why? How could
2: it not? You know what? I think it's a cool tune. Um, we all know why most people around the rink and in the city think it's a cool tune. They could go, if, if they decide to go with it after every game,
1: that would be fine by me. When the Oilers won that game over the Vancouver Canucks in the shootout, and you could just see everybody smiling with Joey. Yep. Joey's song, La Bomba. Anyway, I thought it was kind of a neat touch by the hockey club, and I know how much it meant to the players to play that. Yeah, hey, listen, if that's going to be your win song, then fine. Have some fun with it. Hey, that was fun today. A little shorter episode for us, but we're just going to uh, try to go shorter with our interviews and try to get more and more guys in. A little more and more time for us to chat as well. Anything that uh, – have we missed anything? Is there anything that's a kind of a hot potato or a hot button that you want to press? we are go, Okay. No, I think I'm good on
2: the potato front. Uh, looking forward to hear how the things go uh, down in Seattle. Always had a soft spot in my heart for for that town. Spent a lot of time there as a kid with family down there. I hope they uh, I hope they have some success on the ice. I hope everybody has a lot of fun. Uh, it's exciting because I'll tell you what. There's not been nothing blah about Vegas entering the league. And I hope if Seattle has the same thing, tell you what, if you add strong markets, the the league as a whole gets strong and we're not that far removed from when the league looked uh, sketchy in a lot of areas.
1: Hey, you know, you just touched on something, too. And I want to bring this up because there's a lot of criticism for the Oilers opening against the Vancouver Canucks you know like you it's your season opener and you want to do a video presentation and have the players come out to smoke and lightning sound effects and visual lighting and all that kind of stuff and Las Vegas certainly did it right in their first matchup their first home game against the Kraken but a lot of criticism leveled against the Oilers for a rather meh kind of opening night performance in terms of uh pushing the team onto the ice for the very first time. Did, did you feel that way? Cause I was a little underwhelmed. You
2: know what? I was, do you care? What, do you care? Uh, you, well, Bryn, let's be honest. Uh, when you and I chatted about this, I have never once cared about presentation because I think I've been in the building four times since 1989 when I wasn't working. And when you're in work mode, you're locked in, you work, you work for the club. Um, it doesn't matter to me, but that doesn't mean I, I can't understand that it does matter to people. And the game night presentation there uh, has been wanting a lot of years, uh, the old building, uh, you know, the new building. I mean, I I read what fans have to say. I mean, I write at Oilers Nation. We get a lot of feedback there. Um, you know what? I, was, I wouldn't get you know, all excited about it, good or bad. I thought it was pretty flat. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The the best thing I can do or that I always say, and and we have fans, like you say, on the website that I write for, oh, what was that? And blah, blah, blah. I say, you know what? The best thing you can do is contact the club and let them know and be constructive. Hey, I'm uh, so-and-so. I was at this game or I'm a season's ticket holder. I thought this was kind of – Uh, week uh, you know can we do better Uh, and hey offer a suggestion it's easy to criticize can you offer a suggestion because you know what you might offer something that somebody goes hey you know what that's not a bad idea Um, if you want the game night presentation to improve or more reflect what this crowd in this town wants to see man you got to go to the source get a hold of the club and let them know
1: Two things. One, I don't think it's fair to compare any Canadian market to that of Las Vegas. Nope. Vegas is going to be Vegas, yep. and it's going to be way over the top, and it should be way over the top because it is Vegas. I don't think you can expect that kind of thing out of Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, even as far to the east as you know uh, Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal. But uh, yep. the best, the best fan experience thing you can do is win. Yep. And look good doing it. The best fan experience from an Edmonton Oilers perspective is they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And that should be more than enough for some people, but Hey, people want the biggest bang for their buck. I get that because they are paying big bucks. Yep. Okay. Before we uh, disappear here, we got to tell you that you can check us out on Twitter. The handle is really simple. It is at outsiders, 2020, make sure you tell your friends to subscribe to our RSS feed on any of your favorite ear candy sites like Apple, Google, Deezer, Spotify, Pocket Cast, et cetera. We're also on YouTube. Robin is uh, live from his, what is it, the dining room? You're in the dining room studio today? It is the the, uh, dining room studio uh, in Cameron Heights, yes. Very, very nice. And I'm recording from our Road 55 studio in downtown Edmonton. Your support is greatly appreciated. And we'd be thrilled to talk to any potential advertising partners. Just reach out to Robin or myself, and we can kind of get things rolling. Looking at adding some new features very soon. If you'd love to sponsor one, or you've got a great idea, just get a hold of us. It's uh, it's a pretty simple thing, and we will get bigger and better with your support. I would say, would you call that a win today, Robin? Is that I a win so. of a podcast?
2: I think, I like it.
1: Okay, super. <laughs> Uh, you just any excuse to fire that up, eh? <laughs> I just I just happened to have it handy. Uh, that's it. Have yourself a great week, everybody. Talk to you later. Oh my! Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle i <laughs>